you know what time it is. It is time to return to the roar. Myself, Chris Watkins. Yes, it's time again. Chris Watkins sitting across from me virtually. Um, His brothers have started to call out NBA players on Twitter uh, saying that they do want the smoke and they know where to find him. Uh, Frankie Jokic, a.k.a. Frankie (laughs) Cardicelli. Uh, Thank you for joining me, Frank. uh, I know, obviously, we're a Kings heavy podcast, but I would be remiss if I didn't start off with uh, the real the real news of the NBA sphere today is uh, as we watched last night during the game, uh, I, I, I uh, showed you the highlight of of Jokic absolutely demolishing uh, Marcus Morris. I'm Marquise. Say. Uh, one, Marquise. one of the Morris brothers. Yeah, um, absolutely. Just decked him like it was it was Monday Night Football. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> that led to, for those who haven't seen, uh, the Miami Heat. Well, first off, right after the incident, Jimmy Butler snaps at Jokic yelling from behind all of his teammates like, yeah, you know where to come see me? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, doing a lot of hold me back stuff. Um, then followed by pictures. Uh, pictures hit the internet last night of, of the Heat. Uh, waiting outside Denver's locker room in the hallway. Of course, uh, security was there to stop them, but more hold me back energy. Um, well, the, the Jokic brothers also are frightening people. And yes. have you seen what they look like? Yes, they look like um, they look like if like if Jokic had brothers. Honestly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they look like if you were to take Nikola Jokic but just not put him in the NBA. They look. It's almost like if if they they kind of look like Nurkic. Honestly, funny enough, like they've got the the slicked back thing. They're you know they're just massive humans, seven foot, three hundred and twenty pounds. Like they're just huge guys. They're they're. Exactly how you put it. They look like Jokic's brothers. They're all over six, seven, six, eight, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, three against two, the Morris versus Jokic <laughs> brothers. I just think that I don't know, but uh, it it was definitely it's brought up a lot of good NBA fight content on Twitter, like previous fights, uh, Larry Bird choking and and Dr. J choking each other. Um, as I will, Doug Doug Christie, Rick Fox love too. So Chris hey. Childs punching Kobe. Kind of yes, that. that was also a big one, but I don't think there's been any other big fights. Well, not not involving the players, but uh, player fan, you know, we're well, I, I mean, like this, well, this, this year, the police. Have there been any other big fights this year? Oh, not that I can think of. Um, no, there really hasn't. I guess this has been like the official the official kickoff of a fight season. Uh, you know, it, it's getting cold outside, but the action's heating up inside the arena. You like that? I like, I like that. Actually, <laughs> I, I actually do like that. It's a nice little ca- college basketball cliche for you. Um, well, yeah, there's enough in that. Point is, if you if you don't know about the Jokic brothers, look them up, or they'll come find you. Uh, if you don't know about the drama look it up. Um, and it's great. It's great stuff. And I just want to say, like, I'm on Jokic's side. I don't think if you watch the play, like Morris completely runs into him, uh, like gives it's a him non, a nice it's little, a non-basketball play. I think yeah. non-basketball play. But and also Jokic retaliates with the non-basketball action. Yeah. Non-basketball against non-basketball. You, I mean, I don't think it's great to shove him, but, uh, from the back, but, uh, Probably not. yeah, I mean, 
I feel like the Morris twins have been kind of instigators in a lot of a lot of melees or or fights. And while I don't agree with Jokic pushing him in the back, I think that you know I think I've, has a Morris altercation gotten that far before where no that serious because that no was way. no there's no way because Jokic, no one wants no no one wants it like that no Jokic ragdolled him too so it's just like that's I was stunned to see him go and I thought I initially thought too he was actually hurt like he was really really hurt because he maybe it was his neck or he got kind of whiplash there on the shove but I thought he, Morris was going to come up and just start absolute just you know full-on brawl and I guess it's good that that didn't happen but um yeah bring up an interesting point is there any way that the Morris brothers have I was going to say, have they ever actually been in a fight? But I would say that they act a little bit too real for them to never have gotten in a fight. I was more pointing at the and not saying they're not real. That's not part of the question. Question is, they're 6'8", 275, whatever, 250. I don't know. Two something, probably I mean, who knows how 30. big, how much these like NBA guys weigh, honestly, too. Like. They're always li- like, how is LeBron James 235 or 240 pounds? Like, I'm sure it fluctuates no way too. That man is- yeah. Anyway, anyways, I digress. Um, they're massive humans and they, they epitomize like, I want the smoke. Like they're very much always like in fights. They're, they're the aggressors. They're the hockey enforcer, if you will, of, of basketball, both of them. And, you know, what usually when you, uh, have that kind of energy and, and and are looking for fights generally you're not going to get somebody else who's matching that same energy and wants to fight you especially when you're like i said six eight two forty so hey. long wrapping up do you think that they've ever actually to your point like has something ever escalated that far with a morris twin you think? in real life off camera i would i would guess i would so. say since since college in the NBA time, I'd say so. Didn't they go and 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 confront or get an altercation with a guy that was uh, dating their mom? I think they showed up and see. I don't know. They, I don't know. I, I, really I read that. I heard they went up to threaten this guy who was dating their mom or something, and he was being disrespectful. Which hey, that's cool. The guy was being disrespectful. You protect your mom, absolutely. But um, no, I haven't. I I would guess probably. I mean, they they definitely seem like they're not fake tough guys i think that they are actually tough guys i think that Jokic just happens to also be a tough guy who i was thinking that his brothers used to throw knives at at Jokic's head for fun these guys are built different they're yeah. built different they're they're just they i just i don't know they're scared those are scary human beings those Jokic to cross sports there he reminds me of like uh khabib oh, i don't yeah. know how to even pronounce in that I don't need off or something like that. The, the the Khabib, the dude who's number one in, in UFC before he retired, B Connor, all, that dude who wrestled bears growing up instead of like wrestling other humans for practice. It's like that where it's like, yeah, like the Morris brothers were fighting other guys and, uh, you know, in the neighborhood and stuff in their school. Jokic was probably like fighting bears or fighting like. I don't know who, who I don't even know what's at what is out in Serbia. He's Serbian, correct? Yes. Like, yes. Like what what is out there? What did someone someone hit up hit they're up fighting and ask us they're, for they're they're fighting billy goats out there. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're, like, they're going ahead and just, having billy goats and it's not and the same. Like each other. Yeah. I don't it's, know. It's very much like uh when I was in high school, we're we're gonna talk about the Kings eventually, I promise. When I was in high school, like we would I went to Christian Brothers, we would play like 
what's James Ham school? Uh, we were just talking Nevada uh, Union. And you, yeah. Um, you know, you go up to I'm, you know, Christian Brothers, nice private school. It's got weight room, all this stuff. We're lifting weights. We feel good about ourselves. We're f- definition of a 500 team. Play whatever. Play El Camino. We'll blow them out. Go up to Nevada Union. You go up to Nevada Union. Those kids are like, you know, working the fields and stuff on weekends, like helping their parents chopping know, wood to the yeah chop wood tend to the cows and stuff like they're real they have like real like human strength like real grown man strength from lifting hay bales and stuff they have like old man strength muscles lifting 45 pound dumbbells thinking like oh yeah look at my biceps meanwhile these guys you know haven't lifted a, a you know whatever barbell man. in their life well, they they have old man strength in their yeah. teens, which in is because yes. the way you get old man strength, you know, when we were growing up, it's like oh, old man doing manual labor, doing yard work, doing stuff like yeah. that. These guys are out there, Paul Bunyaning, chopping <laughs> really? trees, chopping trees down. And uh, I was telling James that the, when we played Placer, uh, they just have those 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 kids up there in the hills that are, uh, you know, we call them corn fed uh, the country boys. They're just they're just huge human beings meanwhile we have a s- small well that's me the rest of my friends are small or bigger <laughs> i'm i'm five eight but uh but i digress so yeah the Jokic brothers don't want to mess with them no i feel like they're built different uh i keep saying that but i can't emphasize how can't different. emphasize enough <laughs> no it's just those guys the video also from the the thing in preseason with phoenix there that's a video on twitter of the brothers trying to jump the bench to go and, and get into it with Devin Booker, I think. So, uh, yeah, let's let's not get into fights. Kings, you, you know who to avoid. Kings, Kings yeah. know who to avoid. Avoid because when you're when you're messing with one Jokic, you're messing with all of them. So, mm-hmm. steer clear. Let's. Uh, I don't think there's any smooth transition into that. So, um, thank but you. All to be for, said. Thank you all for listening for to me and Frankie's TED talk about why you don't get in fights with people. Who Nikola look Jokic. like they get in fights often. Uh, now, Coming from two guys who have not been in fights. Speaking, Yes, very important. Speaking of fight, uh, the Sacramento Kings uh, are just wrapped up. Actually, we're recording on a Tuesday here. Uh, they just wrapped up their homestand. It was a three-game homestand, four-game homestand? Four-game homestand. Four-game homestand uh, where, you know, we, we, you know we, we've lived through the results. Um, they... they Beat, they beat the Hornets, lost to the Pacers, lost to the Suns, um, beat New Orleans as well at home. And, uh, you know, we're sitting here. The Kings are one game under 500 heading into a fairly easy road trip. But um, before we obviously talk about what, what's to come, we're going to we're going to head on back into the past time and uh, discuss what happened in uh, in these past. Uh, we're really going to focus on the last two games, but. Um, you know, obviously we want to get some sort of positivity in here. So we're going to, we're going to sprinkle in some talk about the, the Pelicans in the, uh, in the Hornets game, because honestly, there is still some things in there that, that need to be talked about because, uh, you know, the, the if you just go off the last two games, we're really going to have a much sadder podcast. And the reality of the situation is, and I'm sure we'll say it, uh, a lot coming up, this team's shown some promise and, and as, as bleak as these past two games have been in terms of, you know, we definitely wanted different results. There's been nuggets in there that are very, very promising. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely not something that, uh, you know, a lot, I've heard a lot 
you know, of, of people waiting for this team to regress back into the team that they've always been. I think that there's a lot of there's bread trail, cookie trail, whatever you want to say of this team is not not a hundred percent what we've always seen it before. I think as we're seeing, you know, here and there, there's still a little bit of the identity left in this team, but um, they're trying to shake it and they're doing, they're doing a fairly decent job. Yeah. And when we look back at the last four games and again, sorry everybody for the the gap in recording, we've been trying to figure out, we've had some work stuff. Chris had a bunch of events. Yeah. Chris had a bunch of events uh, uh, for, for his, his position uh, with, with concerts and whatnot uh, where we found, our niche now and we're going to try to do recordings every two days um two games but the last the, to put it into two game sample sizes just right now the first two games of the homestand hey there's that that promise there's that potential we all see you see them close out a game against new orleans which they've had trouble doing this season they close out that game they put that game away and then on friday night possibly the best kings game i've watched over the last four five years that game from start to finish was just an absolute beatdown on charlotte uh it it was i mean we had i had a bunch of friends and my mom and sister family in the building and i was worried it was going to be a dud no Mm -hmm. the the biggest ass kicking the kings have, have, have had in in a long time and I was really excited that night. I don't know how you were feeling, but I was really excited. And we, we've talked to people like James Ham and Matt George and these guys around the arena that are really high on this year's team. And Jason Ross, who thinks the Kings are going to be a, a, a top seven seed. Um, and I remember coming into the game against Indiana, we were talking about, I, I, I we'll believe after this night. We'll believe if they win tonight. If they win tonight, we'll fully buy in. And uh, then they, they begin the, the back end of that, that two game stretch on the last half. So it's, it's, it's uh, I feel a little rope a doped right now mm-hmm. after these last two games, I feel a little like that Charlotte game really got me to a point where I thought this team has the potential and they still do. I think have the potential, but, and I know that Tyrese Halliburton being injured could affect uh, that narrative over the next week or so. Cause I know that it could be a little longer than, than a one game, um a one game absence but uh i'll i'll put it into perspective as far as the kings i think are a good team but i'm not sure if good is going to be good enough if 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 they play this way for for 72 or 71 more games maybe they finish 10th for sure mm-hmm. but i feel like the potential we've been seeing from them prior to the last two game stretch is that 7 8 seed potential and i i hope they can get back to that yeah, I think that's the best way of putting it is, is uh, you know, like you said, after that Hornets game, you and I have talked relentlessly about how many times the Kings have seemingly just not beaten the Hornets. You know, the Hornets are a team that's somewhere around the Kings level um, in terms of talent and play. And for whatever reason, the Kings just can't seem to ever beat them. Um, so it was very, I mean, you and I were, were very scared coming into that new Orleans game or I'm sorry, the, where are they now? They're not in new Orleans, uh, Charlotte game, uh, feeling like, wow, I just really threw it back. Um, feeling like, you know, there's a chance that we lose today. Uh, the Pacers game is kind of one of those where it's the same situation as Charlotte, where this team is not, you know, they're not top five seed in the East or anything like that, but by no means is a slouch um, and a team that could very well beat the Kings. And we saw what ended up playing out, but I think that's a winnable game. Um, 
Well, they beat them up. To, 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 just to kind of like while we're on the subject of of Indiana, because basically that's that's just mm-hmm. I guess where we begin. The Charlotte game yeah. was perfect. You, there's nothing really the Kings could no. have done better. They allowed 110 points. Okay, bummer, but they scored 140. So yeah, I'll, I'll take any day. Break a also, I just I don't think that Charlotte team the good parts of like that that might happen like two or three more times this year, but I just don't think that is a represent a good representation of what this Kings team is. No, and the like, Kings I don't, I don't even think like they put up 104, like last year they would put up a hundred and that those kind of offensive numbers, regardless of win or loss. I just don't think they're even that kind of offense anymore. No. And they had a franchise record with three point yeah. makes that, that doesn't happen every night. Obviously it hadn't happened ever. So um, it, it, you look at just the Indiana game where, where you, what you're just talking about. And I think coming to that game, the thing I kept seeing on Twitter was trap. It's trap game. And yeah, I agree. But the only problem is the Pacers didn't play remarkable that night. Uh, the, I think I have the numbers right here. Uh, the, I, I mean, they shot 48% from the field and 34% from, from three. Sure. Sure. But the Kings, <laughs> the Kings shot 36% from the field in 29% from three, it's just they beat themselves and they beat themselves. And that also kind of holds true to last night against Phoenix in that third quarter. The the Kings played pretty good basketball over this homestand minus the majority of the Indiana game and in, in one quarter against Phoenix. Uh, they, they should be three and one in reality and they're not. That's on them. Uh, but that, I guess, kind of is like if there is a silver lining, a little bit of a silver lining. And I know last night you and I watching the Suns game were. I don't know if, if if checked out is the word, but when they're down by twenty four in the in the in the late third, beginning of the fourth, down by twenty, uh, you, we were finishing our work, and I mean, we look up and when we we start seeing the Damian Jones is coming in and and the the Chimezi Metus and uh, it seems like waving the white flag, and and the the one thing I will say is throughout the season we've seen over eleven games that the team won't quit. They haven't quit on any game this season. They haven't gotten uh steamrolled in any game this season even if they got partial you know they were getting beat down pretty bad uh they come back they, they're they're a resurgent team and that's something i think that definitely is is uh is notable like you said he then starts the fourth quarter putting in damian jones with chemezi i think also jamias ramsey checks in at that point call a spade a spade like Luke's waving the white. Like he he's he's pretty much you know how like at during the national anthem they have all those people come out and wave the 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 American flag. Yeah. That's yeah. what Luke is. Luke is pretty much doing. He's, he's at center court. He's like slams and he's just waving that, that mm-hmm. flag around. He's like, it is over. And, uh, for whatever reason or not, I mean, like you said, you and I were, we're pretty much wrapping up our work at that point. I'm kind of, you know, just looking up and down here and Scott Moke say, Jamezi, you met them. Ah, Damian Jones. And I'm like, yeah, oh, look, they're scoring, whatever. Um, eventually make it close, make it nine points. Um, I don't know. Like, should we, should we do like a, a play-by-play breakdown here of, I mean, of how... I, mean it, it, I guess it's the, the end of it is really the most important part. And yeah, the, that, the that, ending that, was, well, the Harrison Barnes and one was a huge turning point. I, mm-hmm. I think when, when he had that, that basket and the crowd erupted and it was going to be a two point game. That yeah. was when I thought they really can win this game. And mm-hmm. I just figured the play was too close. 
Uh, Booker did seem like he was fairly set. He might have been mm-hmm. floating a tiny, tiny bit, but I think there was more evidence than not. He was, I mean, obviously it was, it was overturned, but um, that was the turning point of the game. I think if that gets confirmed, if that three point play happens, maybe the game goes to overtime. There was about a minute left in the game, but mm-hmm. when you take off that three, those three points and it's still a five point game. And then I think, yeah, Phoenix came down and scored again to make it a seven point uh, game. Yeah. It, yeah. It, and they still cut it close to three. The Kings did. Yeah. But then we get to that last possession where after, after Booker misses two free throws, which so went- like, yeah, like that, the whole end of game is just crazy. So the, it goes with the Harrison offensive foul. Then De'Aaron misses his two free throws, which Jeez. I mean, we can, we can kind of talk for it. We can break for a second here to talk about this. Um, do you have? I think De'Aaron is shooting seventy percent still from the free throw line. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is shooting sixty eight percent, which is sixty eight percent. That's um, the worst he's ever. It's the worst. It's we the we worst. we we talked about it endlessly last year. Um, he's not getting to the line nearly as much that so far this season. Um, he's got to capitalize. He just has to. Like that's that's kind of an unfair spot to point at him. Oh, I guess it's not unfair to point at him, but um, you know, it, it's unfortunate that both those two misses come at an incredibly crucial time in the game. But um, yeah, man, like you, you just can't, I mean, obviously Devin Booker, like you said, uh, ends up missing two right after that to kind of save Fox's tail, no pun intended. But um, I think we, we have to, this has to come to an end. Like De'Aaron Fox, if if you want to be, if you want to be the guy that we all know you can be, um, you this is like this is ground floor level stuff of like this is what a star does. Like if the games, you know, you you gotta if your teams needs you to hit these easy shots, like that's 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 cake, man. Come on. Yeah, and De'Aaron, I think is I think whether he'll want to admit it or not, I think that he has been affected by this mentally. I think, especially during Indiana, I, I saw clear hesitation in in his shot, his shot ability, or his shot um, decision making. Mm-hmm. He, I think, I'm seeing some second guessing out there, and that could be the case at the line. I mean, I will say, coming into last night, he had made nine free throws in a row, and he was seven of eleven last night, which I would take on most nights. But sixty three percent is just still not. I mean, I take that back. I sixty three percent. I know seven of eleven might seem like a lot of free throws to make a lot out of. It's just the Kings lost by five points, and and De'Aaron Fox making four free throws. Sure, I don't know if that makes an overall difference in the, in the grand scheme of things, but I think it makes teams. There could be a hack of De'Aaron at some point. Like we could get. I don't think I've seen it happen yet, but that could happen soon. Mm-hmm. It could happen. It, it's something that I don't think if teams want to save points late, why not save a point? If you're, if the team is up by four points with a minute and a half or minute 50, do you want to just hack De'Aaron and, and, and drain another 24 off the clock after De'Aaron misses a free throw? I mean, it's just, it, it, I'd rather do that than let the Kings give it buddy or Tyrese a chance to knock down a three or Harrison, give Harrison a chance to get the score in the post. Um, it's it's concerning because De'Aaron, when you start second guessing yourself, you know it's a winding it's road. It's a scary road. No, it's I, over I, at that point. I think last night he had a a decent game. Eight to nineteen isn't fantastic. He he made his only three point attempt. Um, 
24 points, five assists, three steals, three blocks. I mean, he's filling the stat sheet, but the the takeover De'Aaron Fox, it hasn't happened. His his best game of the season so far, from a field goal standpoint, was when he made eight of 14 against New Orleans, and he had 19 points. Uh, every other game, he shot under 43%. It's just, he hasn't been able to get going. And when you factor in the fact that the free throws are also not an improvement, which he said he did focus a lot of time on this offseason. Um, which brings me to the question, but I'll answer it myself right now, is are you concerned? Yeah, I think at this point, it's been 11 games, and De'Aaron Fox is basically regressed to even worse than his second-year numbers. I mean, from a field goal standpoint, he's averaging 18 points a game, four rebounds, which is great, six assists, which is great, but 39% from the field, 20% from three, and 68% from the free throw line, uh, he he's he's not able to shoot the basketball right now. And mm-hmm. and it's been over and of the season. Yes, it's early. Yes, there's time to turn it around. But I can't sit here and say I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned it's going to blow over because I was saying that five games ago. So how mm-hmm. do you how do you feel? Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely concerned. Um, you know, it's his offensive game is just, it's not, you know, if you, if you watched him play before, you can tell that something is not, not right. He's not attacking the rim with the same kind of ferocity that he used to, which is strange because he's, he's put on muscle. He's, he seems to have definitely, at least in his upper body, gained some, gained some strength. And he's not, he's not uh, attacking this with the same, like I said, ferocity that he used to. I know um, I've pointed out that the, the Kings have played some really big bigs and maybe that's kind of deterred him from going in the paint, um, you know, with the likes of Gobert and, you know, Valanchunas isn't a rim protector by any stretch of the imagination. And that's Indiana, Indiana, Indiana had Miles trees Turner. too. That was yeah. tough on everybody. Yeah. Um, boy, and Miles Turner ate D Aaron alive a couple times there. I was, I was, I was shocked. I mean, frankly, like I, I really thought De'Aaron had, um, I just thought he had more skill, not saying he's not skilled, but I thought the, I, my, my big point with De'Aaron is I I'm surprised that he hasn't at the, um, lack of array of buckets. Uh, it just doesn't seem like he's really diverse. He's really only looking for his three point shot. Uh, his like drive turnaround fade away out of the key shot um, that mid range shot. And then he's, if it's there, like to go all the way to the rim, he'll go to the rim. But uh, you know, in the past we would see him really attack defenders and try and get to the rim. His floaters, not, not even being attempted really at all. Uh, it's just very, really, really strange. His play is he's almost playing like something is, not that he's hurt, but just maybe nicked up or like afraid to aggravate or something. I don't know. I don't want to, you know, not throw out something that's not there. But um, well, here's a here's a stat. Just, something something hasn't clicked this season clearly, and I'm I'm, I'm honestly not confident that it's just gonna click on like that because uh, it it just doesn't well, seem like he's getting good looks. If you're wondering if the Kings' success is contingent on De'Aaron Fox's success, uh, and we've said the Kings will as far as De'Aaron Fox will take them, uh, this season, that's spot on, hitting the nail right on the head because the Sacramento Kings, they're 5-1 and one when De'Aaron Fox scores 18 points or more. They're 0-5 when he scores 17 or less. And De'Aaron, 
Yeah, granted, last night he had 24. That's the one loss. And you saw how bad the team played. The Kings are going to go as far as De'Aaron Fox takes them. I, I really believe that. And I think you've said that too, Chris. That might be even your quote. I think you quoted that. Um, I think you specifically coined that. Anyone else out there that said yeah. that, give Chris his credit. Um, yeah. Hot take season. Darren Fox I was the only person good. who realized De'Aaron Fox was good. That's- yeah, I'm, I'm not going to sit here. And yeah, I'm saying I'm worried about De'Aaron Fox, but I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and say, I think they need to include him in, in and trade him for Ben Simmons. I just, I don't know if that's really the answer for the Kings. I mean, long term, just to ship De'Aaron away immediately after having 11 games for, for Ben Simmons, which I know Daryl Morey, I don't think he's even said that would be enough. That still might not be enough because he's asking for Jalen Brown and, and change from the Celtics. So De'Aaron might not be enough anyway. Um, I, well, that's a conversation, Jalen Brown or De'Aaron Fox, who's better. That's a conversation for sure. Who's better? You're going to have that conversation now. Or are you going to say Jalen Brown? Um, right now, right now, for sure. But overall, the, the body of work of their careers. Well, I think the pro. I mean, I I would say yeah. I mean, Jalen Brown's on a much better team and oh has, yeah, has much better career accolades. But I'm really just trying to think like if you put Jalen Brown on the Cleveland Cavaliers or something like that, like what does his career look like? Well, Jalen Brown's because I mean that's that's the situation that De'Aaron's in. You just put De'Aaron on some lowly franchise and tell him essentially figure out your career and 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 figure it out. Like just figure it out. You don't have really any help. It's just it's just you, man. Like you got to be great. And uh, Jalen Brown kind of had the culture of you know like I mean he, he had that amazing first season where the Celtics made it the Eastern Conference Finals and he was able to get those. <clears throat> those Eastern Conference final. Oh, that was the second year. That was Tatum's rookie year. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been able to come up with good teams with a great coach uh, and a great system that's that's nurtured him through his six NBA seasons or something like that. Like Darren has had to get thrown in the fire and figure it out. And uh, from day you know, one, I yeah, I, so, I, I would say. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would say Jalen Brown if. if I were a, a third neutral team and I was like, you can either trade for De'Aaron Fox or you can trade for Jalen Brown. I'd probably trade for Jalen Brown. When when you look at what Jalen Brown's done over the last two seasons, I think we we're, we're being a little biased if we say De'Aaron is is better than Jalen Brown. If you if you're out there and you're looking at basketball reference or ESPN, go look at Jalen Brown's numbers over the last two seasons. And um the guy the guy is a player, man. Uh so if, if Sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's something that you know. Ben Simmons still might end the season on Philly. I don't want to get into the Ben Simmons stuff. My my point back to my original point is uh, the answer is the trade. De'Aaron Fox. He does possess the ability to turn it around. We've seen it before. Uh, it's just how long do we have to wait, and how long does that waiting affect the King season? Because I don't want to put it all on De'Aaron. It's not all De'Aaron's fault. But when you look at that track record. These are, are three point, six point, six point, nine point, and the, the twelve point loss to Golden State, which is a game that got away, frankly. Um, De'Aaron Fox is seventeen points or less in all of those games, and mm-hmm. that's tough. Losing to Indiana on on Sunday by three points when De'Aaron is seventeen points and he's shooting thirty six percent from the field, that's tough because you know if De'Aaron has a regular De'Aaron Fox game that that game's over. Um, last night was was also one of those games where. De'Aaron scored 24 points, but he had a bad night from the field. If De'Aaron can refine that form, the Kings are a very dangerous team. Man, 
I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, and I know I, I don't have to tell Kings fans that, like, imagine if De'Aaron Fox had been good. I know people have already thought about it, but, I mean, if De'Aaron Fox was at 24 points a game on 48% shooting or something like that from the field, like, what, is this team 7-4? and four, Something like that? Like, yeah, yeah. I, th- yeah. I think that it's just a completely different team, and... It sucks. I mean, you know, I don't think De'Aaron's going to listen to this podcast and think anything of it, but, like, I don't want to blame De'Aaron Fox for the Kings standing, but, I mean, essentially, like, you know, the the Kings are what De'Aaron Fox is. He's, he's, he hasn't been spectacular. He hasn't. He just hasn't. We've, we've mentioned, but he's also, you know, people are acting like, you know, he, he is taking a good volume of shots. If his volume of shots wasn't as high, he probably wouldn't have as high stats, but the guy's still putting up damn near 18, five and five. Like that's, that's and he's nothing. Playing hor- and, and he's playing horrible. He's there's playing not horrible. much, yeah, there's not much worse he can do. He would admit he is playing poorly. So yeah. if and he's still, it's, it's still 18, five and six, 18, if four, by six. that logic, he's just going to get better. Um, I don't think there's any reason to not assume that the team will only be better from here. Um, It'll be interesting, you know, when when he does start to play well, like how things kind of fall into place. Um, Buddy has, on the counter end of De'Aaron, started the season very well. He hasn't been 55% from three or anything insane like that, but he's been, you know, the type of numbers that you would expect to see Buddy to have at the end of the season. He's shooting above 50 or 40% from three, uh, he's driving the paint well. He's at, I think, 18 a game or something like that. Um, you know, Harrison, does his stats go down? We've kind of already seen uh, him take a step back, at least in terms of field goal attempts. He's still maintaining the same stats. But the yeah, dude he's is- scoring t- 26 points on nine field goals last night. It's crazy. crazy. Ridiculous. <laughs> and, uh, Insane. But you want to know why he scored 26 points? Because he made free all 11 of, all, all 11 11 of his free throws. of 11. The, the the man is shooting fifty percent from the field, forty three percent from three, and eighty six percent from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. That's too much to ask from for from anybody. But there you go. You make your free throws. <laughs> you 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 more you're yeah. more successful. I mean, player. Aaron would have had twenty six as well last night if he hit all his free. He was seven yeah. of eleven. Ended up with twenty two, if I'm not mistaken. Like, Aaron. De'Aaron would have had, I mean, he missed three free throws, four free throws. Then he made 11 in a row, missed four free throws, missed one, missed three. I mean, there, there's a lot of points he's leaving on the board. Shooting 100% from the free throw line is impossible. Uh, yeah. Even the even the best of the best haven't done it. Steve Nash, you know, Chris Paul, those guys. Um, got You got to do also, better than 68. I mean, like, got to do better than 68%. You look at the past you don't look at it anymore, but if you look at the past like four seasons of James Harden count countless nights where the dude is like 15 of 15, 13 of 13, 10 of 10. It's not like it's, it's, we're not saying it, you and I are not saying shoot a hundred percent for the season, but man, can we get two 75, games, maybe seven games of shooting 80%. 85%, 90%. It's not crazy. Like it sounds like you're saying, it sounds crazy to be like, Hey man, can you go out there and make 19 of 20 free throws in the next two games? That sounds really hard. It's not, it's not easy. You know, you and I can go 
stand at, you know, post game and shoot free throws for two hours and probably not make 19. I can guarantee we will not make 19 of 20 free throws. No. But at the same time, absolutely. Not. Obviously, you and I are not Darren Fox. Like, no, we need we, we the dude needs if he's going to be at the line that frequently, he needs to be able to weaponize that that part of his game. And right now it is being weaponized against him. If he uh, up, exactly. You, you mentioned the, the hack of Fox. You know who we play next? Greg Popovich. Greg Pop, no, you know Greg Pop knows. the exact type to watch film and notice that same exact thing. If things are going down bad the line, Greg Popovich. Yep, and he'll definitely so push I would him. not be surprised one bit if we're sitting here next episode talking, man, how Pop they, really how they, did it. That how the son King, bitch. How the Kings were up five with a minute 20 left. or, or uh, I don't think you can do that with a minute 20. With two and a half minutes left and Fox uh, starts getting hacked just because – San Antonio is trying Look, to trade trade two points for happen fast. It, well, last night they did, and it, it was it yeah. was fun to watch, really fun to watch. But um, De'Aaron gonna need more out of him. Uh, Harrison Barnes, just to kind of just wrap up on on him before we get yeah. um into the. Well, I want to just kind of pose a question about Marv uh, in a moment, but yeah, um, Harrison gone this long. Yeah, you know we made it forty minutes. I'm talking about Marvin Bagley, Harrison Barnes. Uh, I don't know if it's sustainable. I'll keep saying that every week, but my God, I hope it is because he's doing it so easily, so easily. Yeah. Nine shots last night. He's not forcing. We we keep saying it. I, I think uh, I, I said it. We recorded two weeks ago, but I said it then that the man just is not forcing. He he shot over forty percent from the field in every single game except two, and and in those two games he did not shoot well from the field. He had a double double. So even when he's struggling. He's getting it done. And in those games where he was struggling, he had a double-double. He had over four assists. So his production is coming from so many different ways. And I think we can officially say that last year's season was on a fluke. I think that – I think that I don't know if it's the Kings or Luke Walton or whoever. The Kings fans here in Luke Walton just cringed. Sorry. But um, something's been unlocked in his game that ha- has not been seen in him. Not in Golden State where he was kind of an, a fourth, fifth option afterthought. Dallas, where he was looked at as as the the franchise guy or the player for for two seasons, um, something's been unlocked in him. I, I really think he's become even more valuable, and he's right now Sacramento's best player. That's not really even a discussion, I don't think. And he's a guy the Kings I think can look to for scoring, which I don't think that was an, an idea you and I had when the Kings acquired him a couple of years ago. Was wow, we need buckets. Let's go to Harrison Barnes. Now it's. Yeah. He can do it from the outside. He can do it from the inside. He's able to get into the paint. Last night he had – it was like a layup package. I think almost all of his shots came from right at the rim. I think he made, what, one three last night? Um, two. He made one of his two threes, and the rest came in the paint. So um, just, again, giving him his flowers as much as I can and why the man keeps doing what he's doing because it's been so fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. He's shooting – uh, 49, 49% from the field, uh, 43% from three on seven, seven, three point attempts. I'm sorry. That's two point attempts. Uh, what was his three point? 6.3, 6.3, close, uh, threes a game. Taking uh, as many threes like, as twos almost. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely love it. I mean, like you said, the opposite of what I said about De'Aaron, he's getting buckets, from from everywhere he's getting putbacks he's getting under the under the hoop you know reverses 
uh, doing Euro steps, doing dunks, hitting corner threes, hitting top of the three, hitting it in transition. It, there's, there's just no stopping him. And on a night to night basis, I keep waiting for, like you said, that 12 point game, but he ends up with 10 rebounds. Um, you know, there's been nights where, yeah, you know, Harrison, I think last night, like you said, he took nine shots in the pacer game. I think he took like eight or something. He's, he's been, he's been very, very selective about his shots. And if anything, I would, you and I last night, especially, I remember, uh, he, him and Tyrese really are, are just, they're not, they're definitely not forcing it, but there's also some situations where it's like, if you're just set and ready to catch the ball, you can fling that thing up even more. You can probably three more shot attempts a game if they really wanted to. Um, and that's the kind of thing that, I mean, it'll be interesting if if Harrison needs to be that. If, if De'Aaron Fox continues to struggle, the Kings are going to need people to score more points because the way that the offense, especially the last two games post-Charlotte has gone, they failed to score 100 points. Like, they can't... Mm-hmm. They can't struggle like that offensively because we know how easy it is for this team to slip defensively, as we saw last night. I thought last night was going to be your typical last season game where the Kings, well, the Kings didn't fail to score 100 a lot last year, but I thought it was going to be well on their way to 125 to 98 or something like that. And, you know, the the team ended up playing some deep. I'm kind of rambling at this point, but. Um, I just, you know, whatever. I, I think I originally started with Harrison Barnes. Harrison's been amazing. Um, and there's not really anything else you could ask for him. He's at 22 a game right now. I can't imagine he goes any higher than that. But um, I also, with the way that he's been playing, it's not anything that's not sustainable. No, he's he- getting such easy buckets and he's doing it so efficiently that the only reason I could see him not continuing is if he just stops making his shots and continues to not put up shots if he's still if he goes three of nine instead of trying to search for his shot and go six of 18 or something like that he's taken less than 10 field goal attempts in three of the last four games so that's just kind of crazy to me yeah and luke said uh, last week he wants harrison or last on friday he wants Harrison to do more. He wants more out of him and and i i know that harrison's not going to force he's a veteran he knows how how to get his points um a lot of them have come from the free throw line, but I think the Kings do need Harrison to kind of get that ultimate buddy healed kind of green light. Uh, take, take the shots you want to take. And, and I think he has already and he's just being very selective and I appreciate that. So um, love it. HB love it. Can I just say also, so I was, uh, I just looked up, I was trying to figure out which game buddy had his 17, three point attempts and uh, it was the Charlotte game, which at least it was a game in which we won by 30. Didn't he make nine uh, of them or eight of he them? He made eight, eight of them. Yeah. I mean, I'll take that. I will take yeah. it every single day of the week. You can take 17 threes and make, make eight of them. Yep. Go ahead. You make eight um, of them. Absolutely. Make seven. Of them. I'm just looking now, though, because you see, you mentioned Harrison has had under 10 shot attempts in four of the last three, three, last four. Four, eh, three of the last four games. I'm looking at just Buddy's three-point attempts. I'll just... I mean, there's only been 11 games, so I'll just go down the list. 7, 15, 10, 11, 7, 12, 7, 10, 17, 12, 11. Green light. Ultimate green light. Green light. Um, 
And, you know, I think (laughs) it's safe to say that I think some of those shots can maybe be surrendered elsewhere to Harrison Barnes. Um, Tyrese, when Tyrese, Tyrese, uh, you know, Davion's taken a couple threes. I think he's shown the ability to be confident from out there. I don't know if I need him taking seven threes or something, but he wants to take three or four. Go ahead. Uh, But my main point is, I think Harrison, I would love to see Harrison take eight or nine a game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, especially when he's knocking down like this in, mm-hmm. you know, feed the hot hand. It, mm-hmm. How long will the hand be hot? We don't know. Hopefully mm-hmm. it's hot the whole season. Like you said, 22 points a game. Tough to ask for more from him. I won't ask for more from him. I'd ask mm-hmm. for the the same production or a little less. Uh, I think that Harrison's capable of that. Last year he had a career season. This year he's 29 years old. He's mm-hmm. in his prime. Could this be his final form? We're going to find out. Uh, it, it's been fun to watch and um, hopefully other members of the Kings can also, you know, take a note mm-hmm. of his book. Tyrese seems to be more aggressive when he's playing, Buddy has yeah. done a good job of, of, I think being selective to, to a certain extent, he still does some, some buddy esque things. Um, but it goes back to De'Aaron and we've already talked about that enough, but if De'Aaron can get his stuff going, <laughs> we're on to something. Talking about getting stuff going, go ahead and uh, let, let's let's well, go ahead and bunker down and ask this question. Let's let's start with the fact that these are guards, granted, sure, but the rotation is going to be affected probably for the next, I'd say at least the next two games. It sounded like Tyrese is going to be out for a little bit longer. Luke was saying Tyrese Halliburton's back, a soreness is not something that's, a, it's not a, it's not worrisome, he said, but it's going to probably take a little time to heal, probably another game or two. Uh, Terrence Davis last night turned his ankle. Limped off the court and went right to the locker room. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses a game or two, maybe even more. Um, the rotation is going to be affected. Last night, you saw Luke Walton throw out Damian Jones. You saw him throw out Jamias Ramsey. You saw him throw out Shemezi Metu. Kings needed points. And Marvin Bagley remained on the bench. And it brings me to the question, which is, is there in a, a sort of handshake or verbal agreement that Marvin's just not going to play again for the Kings unless there's like a devastating injury flurry where a bunch of guys come out. Is he just, they're just going to let him remain, keep himself healthy for free agency or for a trade and just not play because it's hard for me to sit here and say that he could not help them in any way right now. Cause I just don't believe that. I think the Kings could have used Marvin's help last night. I think they could use him during uh, against Indiana against those tough bigs in there. Why not throw him out there in, in a big that can score and challenge those guys? Uh, or at least takes draw some attention off of you know Marvin being in the paint that can draw some defensive attention away from from other guys out on the perimeter uh, or the mid range. Even it, it's just tough for me to sit here and, and watch these games and watch Marvin just sit on the bench, who has been very supportive of his teammates. But is there some kind of agreement that, that Marvin's just not going to play again and, and Luke is, is honoring that with his agency maybe? I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what else it could be. Frankie, how, do, how about when the team is up 30? I mean, the team yeah. won by 30 points. And granted, seen- yes, in the fourth quarter, there was a little scare. And you and I both will be the first to admit, like, we were nervous in that fourth quarter for a second. We were like, uh-oh, like, it looks like... I think they cut the lead to like 16 or something like, I don't know what it was. It it was close. It was getting close. And uh, so I guess in, in 
to play devil's advocate, you could say that that game looked at the end a lot better than it actually was and more secure. And so maybe that's why he couldn't hop in there. But um, normally to a question like that, I would say it definitely seems so. It definitely seems to be the case. Um, This time I'm going with a definitive unconfirmed unsourced. Yes, that is what's happening. Um, 100% like it's, it's, I don't know if it's a handshake deal. I don't know if it's some un reported unspoken suspension for you know the 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 agent letter that went out you know maybe it's some conduct detrimental to the team kind of thing and he was already on the fringes and so it kind of just pushed him to the bottom i don't know but what i do know is it is completely not related to on the court because i'll 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 be willing to listen to, you know, if we were to have James Ham on right now, James, I already know, would say, look, like the kid's not going to, he's not, he's not helping you win games. Like at the end of the day, you put Marvin Bagley in, what, who who you put him in for? Let's, we'll just be super over the top and we'll say, why doesn't Marvin start for Mo Harkless? Like, why doesn't Mo Harkless just come off the bench, Mo, whatever, give Marvin minutes and just do the same thing you do with Mo, play Marvin 10 minutes whatever it doesn't matter let's whatever no i, I get i, I that, that that's a good question to ask i think it's fair I, right now i i think it's completely fair i just i don't know i i don't have an answer for you because my answer is it just has to be it has to be what like you said like i think it's just an un a, a handshake unspoken look man we both know what it is you're not in our plans you, we're not in your plans. We're trying to do something here. We don't want to risk you potentially messing it up to try and better yourself. Let's just wash our hands of it. Be a good teammate. Sit on the bench. Practice. That's tough. That's really, really, really tough, especially when you, you know, consider all the baggage that comes along with Marvin, all of the no narrative, you know, he's not Luca stuff. He's not X player stuff. We're just getting nothing out of him, out of that pick, out of that slot, out of that talent. Um, well, it makes me feel bad because we're. It's also it's wasting a year of his career right now. We're, we're kind of yeah. wait. I, I think he's he can find success elsewhere, and yeah. I'm guessing there's just no deal out there yet. And the way the NBA works is is it's just funny. The the deals that aren't here now could be there in in uh at the deadline again injuries are a part of that and team a, a playoff or a contending team that needs a big could want to make a move for him but would this is also it I'm, I'm i'm thinking about it as we as we're talking here like if marvin plays this is this is definitely what it is if he plays well what's the upside Fans are like, hey, this guy's playing well. Why don't we try and like figure it out with him still? And, you know, why don't we try and insert him or whatever, even if it's trade him? Okay, you're probably going to trade him for something that's not worth what he is. If you just don't play him, his value stays the same. If anything, here's the key part. I I think this is the biggest part. His value doesn't drop because if he comes in and he's only going to play 10 minutes a game or something. What if Marvin comes in and is like, whatever, four points and three rebounds a game or something, and he just looks fine. He looks whatever. He just looks like a whatever, a bench player. 
does that do that doesn't do the kings any good it just drops his value to the point where like okay like what's the difference between marvin bagley and chemezi metu like I don't, at least now you can say like, look, we all know how talented this kid is. We just, you know, it's not working out for us. And you know what kind of player you're getting. We don't need to show you because if you show somebody, then all of us, it's like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good comparison here. It's like, uh, it's kind of like taking a car off the lot. You know, once you take the car off the lot, when you it show loses, them what it's got, value. it's like, it loses value. You're once, like, you, it's like oh. once you once the car leaves a lot, it loses like I can't remember if it's a percent or a dollar amount. Or yeah, let's say, it, let's it, say the value a collectible drops. toy, a collectible toy. You know, right Open now the Marvin's box. in the box. He's in the box. He's shiny. You see what it is. He doesn't have any dirt on. I mean, we know. You know, you can read reviews on on what other people have have, have about seen the toy. from this toy. But you know, right now it's a shiny new toy and. You know what you're going to get with this shiny toy and you can do what you want. But the second we take it out of the box, all the questions start getting asked again of like, well, why wouldn't I just get a new toy? Well, I see you've opened this box. How do I know that you've only used it once or twice? Uh, I don't know. I don't really want somebody else's toy. Um, I think people get the reference, but point I, is, I think um, you hit it around the head. No, yeah. I think that you're right. You're right. If, if, if the Kings do play him and he... It's like a gamble. So if he plays well, maybe his value goes up. But what if he plays? What if he plays worse? I mean, right now it's right in the middle, and I think the middle is good for the Kings and as far as their um, their trade <laughs> prospects. But what I, if he plays amazing? Also, what, what if, if plays like, he plays so well that people are like, "This guy needs to start. Like he needs to be a part of this team." I think that creates a whole lot more problems than what the Kings want to have. And I, I don't think that would be the case because I do believe that if Marvin was able to significantly help the team, then they would, they would swap probably, I would like to assume swallow their pride in the goal of winning. But um, I don't know. It's, it's definitely a very interesting situation. And I'll tell you what, this is the first time this year that um, some like old uh, Kings Kingsness is like mystique is, is, coming around the team because this is a pretty common thing where I, I feel like, uh, especially in the past, we've, the Kings are just very secretive about things. They don't like to come out and, and, and cause drama or really, you know, address what's happening. You know, is it partially our fault in the media for not asking? I guess, but also it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you don't ask because we're not trying to piss anybody off either. You know, like we can't like just, keep- some questions are like Jason Anderson asks questions that, that really push it. And, and I give him mm-hmm. credit because he asks the questions. I think, I think we all think, but don't yeah. want to ask. And that might ruffle some feathers sometimes, but um, they're, they just really kind of just almost like plead the fifth on a lot of, a lot of stuff. Like, Oh, we're not worried about what's going on out there. or worried about what's going on in here. Okay. I know you're saying that, but, and I think things in the locker room are good right now from a mm-hmm. chemistry standpoint. And Marvin does seem like he's buying in and he's, he's, He's being a good teammate on the bench. He's being really active. He's not just sitting there and moping. Um, I, I just think that in recent history, not being open and not, I don't want to, I don't want it to be like a, a, a Ben Simmons situation and doc rivers and, and Embiid and well, come see, out and just say like, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be my point guard. One know, side or, or the other. It's like you either get no information or it's like too much. Whoa. Okay. He or just said much. Marvin Bagley probably can never play an NBA game again. Yep. Like, and and that's know. like, 
and that's where we are. Like what, what Luke Walton really thinks inside of his brain is either Marvin Bagley is not a good enough NBA player to make an impact in a game, or I'm just done with this guy because of all the drama he's caused. And he's just, I'm, I'm over, I'm over it. So I'm not going to play him. I think those are the only two scenarios because he would be playing if there was any other possibility. Either Luke thinks he is a bad NBA player and he cannot help this team, or he's just fed up with the BS and he's just rinsing his, washing his hands clean of it and just saying, you can sit out, I'll let the front office make a decision on you, but I'm not going to play you. That's pretty much where they are right now, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, th- I think also it's, I mean, kind of matchups like we've, we see on a night to night basis, it kind of is either an Alex Len or a Tristan Thompson game, meaning that one of those guys is playing next to Harrison as the only big on the court. They really don't run, you know, a Rashawn Tristan Thompson lineup. They don't run, they don't run big when they, when they go to the bench. And if Marvin were to get bench minutes, that would mean that he would have to have to come in and be the only big on the floor. And I just think that's the situation Luke doesn't trust him in at all. It's just like, if he's on the court by himself, A, they're going to attack him relentlessly. How many times last night did we see uh, Damian Jones? I think it was either Damian Jones or Metu switched off onto Chris Paul. That would happen. Metu got switched off. That would happen every single time Marvin was on the court. You couldn't even watch. You're horrified. You can't even watch. I, I honestly just think that's the reason why they're not playing him is they're afraid defensively that he will just completely leave them exposed. And after what happened last year, where they were literally the worst defensive team in NBA history, they just don't want to run the risk of being the worst team in NBA history for five minutes. Like they can't, they can't have that five minute run because as we see, they're struggling so hard to put together 48 consecutive minutes of playing. I mean, they haven't even played a, a full game of good defense yet, but um, they're just trying to figure out how to not leak oil for five minutes and uh, putting in Marvin offensively might help, but defensively they would just be so compromised that I, I just think Luke is in a position where he's like, I need to win games, especially early to build some cushion. Maybe later I can play this guy when, you know, I have a couple, a couple plus, you know, wins under my belt and, and, you know, we're, we're over 500 and it's not that big of a deal. If we lose this guy, I don't want to say not big deal, but you can take more chances later in the season. And I think there'll be an opportunity for Marvin. It's just, it's not going to be here. Yeah. It's not going to be here. A and B, I think he's just going to have to wait. Yeah, the the only thing I'll say before we move move on, um, we'll do some brief awards. Uh, I think the only way we could see him is if, and again, I'm gonna knock on wood a lot, is if, if there's just multiple injuries. I think it would take Tristan Thompson going down, Alex Len maybe having a missed time, Rashawn hope not, uh, because Damian Jones we saw last night he played good minutes last year too, and he played some really good minutes last night uh, or last year he played some good minutes, and last night he played some some great defense and had some nice put back dunks and Hey, he possesses some good ability there. Um, I just think Marvin is literally out of every, I think it's 15 men on the roster. I think he's the 15th man. Um, it's pretty evident. So, uh, yep. Yeah. I got, 
Cool. Yeah. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm also surprised that it seems like, uh, Chemezi is ahead of him in the, in the, uh, in the rotation. I think Chemezi has gotten in, uh, twice now since, since the last time we've seen Marvin. He'll probably um, benefit from TD missing time, I think. I think if TD misses some time, it'll probably be Chemezi that plays that three. That yeah, three and that's four. what I'm thinking is, like, it's it's going to be really tough for Marvin to get those minutes, man. Like, I mean, even Chemezi got his two minutes in that blowout, in the Charlotte blowout, he came in. And then last night uh, came in the – he came in first. He came in the late third uh, and then fourth. And ended up playing 20 minutes. I think he played the entire fourth quarter last night, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, you know, obviously they played well, made the comeback. And it would not surprise me if, yeah, we see one of Chemezi Metu or Damian Jones randomly sprinkled in some games coming forward. Because I think, uh, you know, I'm not the biggest Chemezi Metu guy in terms of him getting real significant minutes in this rotation. But he played really well last night. Like he made some good plays. He made, you know, he's never been afraid to come in and look for a shot. Um, but I thought defensively he was hustling, running around and, and look good. And well, the know, efforts went, always, the, the efforts always going to be there. He's always mm-hmm. going to put forward a hundred percent effort. Um, and I think Luke Walton really appreciates that. Mm-hmm. Same with Damian Jones. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I do think Chimezi Metu is a guy that we're last year. He was starting games down the stretch when the Kings were in a play and hunt. And he yes, played he well. He played well yeah. for the most part down the stretch. So uh, I think he's a guy the Kings like a lot. And that's why they brought him back this year. And mm-hmm. and clearly they, they think that he can make more of an impact than Marvin Bagley at this point. And I think Shemezi Metu also wants to be here. Yeah. That also plays into it. So, uh, yeah, should be an interesting week. Tomorrow should be an interesting game against San Antonio as far as what the rotation is going to look like. Because if Terrence mm-hmm. Davis and Tyrese are both out, those are two guards that are that are in your you know they're in they're the, in your quartet of guards there. So yeah, and San Antonio kind of has a a uh, roster that's a lot like ours as well. Well, they'll they'll definitely go small once they go to the bench. You know, you'll only see uh, Jakob Pertl and uh, who's their other? I can't think of who their other Newbanks. Uh, Newbanks. Newbanks. <laughs> yeah, you'll only see those guys in, and like they don't. You know, they'll typically run. They'll run like olympian keldon johnson at at the uh at the four like how we run harrison like they definitely run a smaller lineup so it wouldn't surprise me again like i said if if we uh if we just see those smaller lineups run run out there instead of you know the kings maybe running you know i think well yeah in the fourth quarter last i say they they don't usually run a a big four or five but they ran jones and metu that entire fourth quarter and Worked out pretty well, but well, they um, have fat. Yeah. They have Thaddeus Young off the bench and <laughs> Doug Dougie McBuckets. Yeah, I'm looking around. Uh, is Zach Collins healthy? What What do you What do you think the odds are that Zach Collins is healthy? He also doesn't have a listed number. He didn't, he didn't dress. He didn't dress last year. Um, yeah, I, I mean, last game. I keep saying year and day back and forth. I'm my wow. brain's jumbled. Um, Zach Collins for tomorrow. Zach Collins. Zach Collins has not played a game this year he's been out with an ankle he won't play until after christmas after christmas so zach collins i believe the kings took him technically 10th in that year's uh in that year's draft correct traded him for justin jackson who dropped 40 in g league someone was Mm -hmm. telling me uh he did yes i told you that yes he was 11 of 14 from three in for the uh the 
Dallas Mavericks. I think he's back on the Mavericks G League. That's team. preposterous. I think it's, pro- it's absolutely preposterous. Yeah. Disgusting. Uh, it's, it's very disgusting. Yeah. Very, Thank you for very, Harrison Barnes, Justin. We appreciate it so much. Yeah, yeah. What an interesting trade that was. And Zebo, um, who's already here? Do you want to? We kind of haven't really talked much about the uh, the games coming up ahead. Do you want to do that, or do you want to save that for for next episode? Um, like you said, I, we're going to record pretty soon here. So I think we can just be blunt with it and say San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Detroit, and Minnesota. You need three yeah. out of those four. Need there's there's no no there's nothing. No, no excuse. Turn it's on the upset- camera. I it's upsetting this. me. It's upsetting me. Frankie, think, yo, I'm sick and tired of this this simp behavior from from us, us and Kings fans. The Kings need to go four and O. Oh. Okay, they do not need to lose any of these basketball games to any of these teams. If there's one they lose, it better be to Minnesota, who's the most respectable of those four teams and at least has the most talent. There's can deal no, there is no reason Jeez. to lose to the 2021-22 San Antonio Spurs. Chris, there's this... no reason to lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder. There is no reason to lose to the Corey Joseph-led Detroit Pistons. Put some respect on his name. There's Spurs minimal are, reason to lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Spurs are three and seven. Oklahoma City is three and six. Detroit's one and eight. And then Minnesota is three and six. These teams are all several games below 500. The Kings are basically a 500 team. They're five and six. Um, they can turn into one of those below 500 teams if they if they if they lose two or three of these it's next not, four games. So not. like they they. If if the Kings can come out of this with ten and six, four, nine and six, nine and six, because they're five and six right now. Yeah. So if they if they win four straight, that's the kind of cushion that they need. Because also, I think the schedule after that has leaned up a little bit with you know LeBron, LeBron potentially missing out. But I know the Kings have uh, a couple, a pair of Laker games uh, after that. They have the Clippers. Toronto's that, tough. You know, Toronto is tough uh, at the end of that trip, and then they have Utah, Utah again. So it's it's uh, it's not easy, you know. Like the the team also this four game trip can be huge for their confidence. Imagine Kings win four straight, come back home. Uh, who do they they come back home and play? Is it Toronto? Toronto and Utah on a Toronto. Toronto is a perfect test for them to come back to. Because, like I said, if they if they let's just say let's just say they win all those games, they should be feeling on top of the world. Yes, they're four very bad teams, but four road games in a row. I can't remember the last time the Kings have won four games in a row. They should feel on top of the world. They should feel like world beaters. Last year at some point comes Toronto, who you want to talk about last year. You remember what happened last year against Toronto? I definitely that's the forgotten the forgotten comeback. Or you know, came back against us. Toronto. I've never seen a game more locked. Up. The the Charlotte Hornets game was more locked up than than uh, than the, the, that. I'm sorry. The the, the, the Raptor game, game was more locked up than that first Hornet game. Uh, and they ended up losing that game. Yeah, so they need Sac- to come in redeem that game. That was the game where Sacramento scored 43 points in the first quarter, and then <laughs> Toronto outscored them. Five sixteen, 
28. They outscored by 28 points over the rest of the game. Uh, horrible. Outscored 40 to 29 in the third, 33 to 20. Yeah, they need some redemption for that game. They need uh, some redemption for that game. And Fred Toronto Van Vliet. is not the team they've been. Fred Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, like the team's the team tries and hustles and is well coached. So they won't come in and be a slouch, but talent wise and for the team that the Kings want to be, they need to beat the Raptors. And it's okay if they lose to Utah because, you know, like we've said, every time they play them, that's a team that's going to be in the Western conference finals at least. And, you know, if you can, even the Suns, like even last night, that's a team that was in the finals last year. Granted, you know, the Suns aren't aren't they're starting to pick it back up, but they're not quite at the form they were last year. But that's not a slouch of a team, especially for them to be down 20 and make a comeback with not it's not like it was an offensive game where, oh yeah, both teams just couldn't miss and the Kings eventually caught up. Like the Kings had to really make stops and make capitalize on opportunity down the stretch for them to inevitably come back into that game. Like well, that, yes, was, it does that, suck was, that they were down and didn't win the game, but they still well, made the, the comeback. The most exciting part of the game was those, those defensive possessions late where the crowd was just going nuts and, mm-hmm. and they made some stops. Tremezzi meant to play good defense. Damian Jones, had some big stops. De'Aaron Fox played some good on ball defense on, on Devin Booker. Um, Davion Mitchell, obviously is Davion Mitchell. So yeah, uh, Toronto, the upcoming stretch after this four game stretch. And even looking at the four game stretch, uh, you know, DeJounte Murray is going to probably give give the Kings some problems. He was a problem for the Kings last year. He was a huge problem for the Kings in their last matchup uh, that cost the Kings a playing spot. Um, Detroit, Corey Joseph, hello. Cade Cunningham, hello. Um, Sh- uh, Shy Gilligas Alexander. And then, of course, D'Lo. Um, Davion Mitchell, have your hands full. Man, I'm also like cat for that game. I, I I will love to see how Rashawn does against someone like him because cat isn't really like a Valanchunas or like a, you know, even Gobert type where he's like, he's overpowering. Like he's just, he's super skilled. And uh, well, he's going to bring Rashawn out to the perimeter because yeah. he's, he's going to bring him out of the paint, which is going to be interesting to watch and see how Rashawn mm-hmm. does with that. Cause I don't, I don't think he's played Valanchunas took a couple threes. Um, last mm-hmm. week but i i think that carl well, and also counts. i mean Rashawn gave him to him like Rashawn, he was he you can't do that to cat like Rashawn's gonna have to be all over him or else cat's gonna give us like a 30 and 15 and and don't sleep too because cat can move the ball cats yeah cats is we saw demarcus cousins and cat is like a finesse demarcus cousins like all the best parts of demarcus are carl anthony towns um so yeah, I mean it'll be it'll be a good stretch of games, that's for sure. I mean it's it's yes, I think the Kings should win them all, but uh each individual game is has its own story, obviously, and, and has a reason why the Kings should win and and how they win their games will be very, very important because uh I don't know, like so many times this Kings team is just just in the past, not this Kings team, but has just failed to beat teams that they should beat and should easily take care of. And the Spurs are the Spurs and the Timberwolves are prime examples of like teams that the Kings would normally slip at least one of those games. And and they and they very um, well could though is my point. They, they very well could. It was like Indiana. I almost, Indi- I and almost expect them to. Indiana was three and seven in the Kings. I I thought that's why I was so hesitant. And I I think Kings no fans problem. are all. Kings fans are all a little scarred. We're all, we're all coming back from well, 
not coming back from anything because we haven't come back from it yet, uh, but we're all coming off of 15 years of losing and heartbreak and just torture. Why should I believe right now? And that's what I was telling myself when I was talking to you and James in my head. I'm like, why should I believe? Because they, because they have had a decent start. They had a decent start last year. Um, and then they, they lay an egg against Indiana. So this upcoming four game stretch, like you said, there are games that this team should win. They match up well with these teams. I think they have more talent than all four of these teams overall. Minnesota, you make, can make an argument. Um, but I, I think this team's the best team, the better team in all four matchups. So I want three just to kind of cushion it a little bit. I want three, would love four. Uh, but anything less than three and one is just kind of unacceptable in my eyes. So this is kind of where yeah. I stand. Yeah, I mean, if the team goes two and two at that point, like we're we're going to be having some sad, sad conversations. That that means uh, they lost at least goes two and two. That means they probably lost one to to Detroit or um, OKC. I mean, I I don't see. I don't know. Or they just lose. They bookend it with San Antonio and Minnesota. But um, yeah, let's see what happens. No thanks. Um, do you want any well, do you want, what, what award? Do any awards? Yeah, I was gonna say, do you want to do awards? Yeah, we can just knock them out real quick. We'll do them real quick. Um, wow, I have another game that I want to do after as well. Um, so do you want to go first? Should I go first? Uh, I went first last time, so it's your turn to go first this time. Well, that's good for me because I'm just gonna take your uh, who who you took last time and uh, probably take who you were gonna take this time. I'm just gonna continue the trend and. It's just Harrison Barnes. It just is. The king of the week. The king of the, king week. of the week. I'm sorry. King of the week. We should. I should have specified which award we were giving out. Coke machine. Uh, king of the week given to the player that we believe uh, since our last recording was the king's best and was the uh, was the most uh, influential player. And uh, yeah, I'm going with Harrison Barnes because like we've talked about during this episode, it hasn't just been the production. Um, it's been the way he's done it. It's been his efficiency of doing it. The fact that he's doing it in under 10 shots and still putting up these ridiculous numbers. It's not like he's putting up supplemental numbers. Like the guy is putting up superstar numbers on, you know, role player, uh, role player shots. Um, it's just incredibly impressive. He's, he's keeping this team alive right now with, with the play of De'Aaron Fox. So Harrison Barnes can't say enough about you. You're super important to this team. We literally could not survive without you. Uh, Harrison Barnes, my king of the week. I thought you were going to say I love you at the end. Um, I love you. <laughs> I love you, HB. Uh, my king of the week is going to be Rashawn. Just, yeah. He had a rough, kind of a rough weekend or rough Sunday, Monday. But the 2020 game can't be overlooked. Yeah, no. Scoring 20 points and getting 20 rebounds is just such a – it's a very rare thing. You see mm-hmm. some guys like Gobert and Cab have done it. Boogie did it back in the day. I think he was the last, like you found, he was the last king mm-hmm. to do it. Um, it it's, you, you kind of knew it was going to be a special night when he had eight rebounds in the first like five minutes, six minutes of the game. Uh, and Rashawn has been very good this season. And yeah, he struggled last, last night. He only had seven points and uh, he even had kind of a bad game against Indiana, 11 points and nine rebounds. But his body of work for the season 14 points a game, 10 rebounds, 65% from the field. He's shooting almost 90% from the free throw line as a center. Um, it's so impressive. So he's my king of the week. 
I love it. Yeah, Rashawn's been huge. Um, still, still just churning away that push shot, man. Like it's it's it, it's not as automatic. There was definitely a point where it's like this fool does just straight up does not miss well, that shot. Last night he missed like three of them. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely well. He's he's looking for it also a lot more. It used to feel like oh, I just kind of stumbled upon this easy shot, and he's definitely he, he's extended his range on it. So uh, love that pick, Rashawn. Sean, welcome. Welcome to King of the Week Club. Um, now, do we still do our gear? We're doing our Coke Machine of the Week, our least valuable king, if you will. Um, man, I am going to... Oh, no, this is easy. I'm sorry. I'm going to again take your guy. I'm going to take who you probably would have gone with. Benefits of going first. Uh, one, Maurice Harkless. Um, Mo is... We had the opportunity of talking to Mo on Media Day. Very, very, very nice guy. Very uh, soft-spoken, just down to earth. Seems like a really legitimately awesome guy. Um, he's just not. He's not playing well right now. He's he can't hit a shot to save his life. Um, he's been pretty damn good defensively, um, especially playing off of Harrison. Him and hit uh, him and Harrison's ability to switch and and stay long and versatile is, is really key to the Kings. Uh, staying grounded defensively, but you're even kind of, you saw it last night with his, I think he ended up with 11 minutes total. Um, I, I just feel like if, if he's not hitting two or three corner threes, he's kind of just a bench role player for you who needs to get spot minutes. And, and unfortunately for the Kings right now, he's starting, he's not finishing games at all, but um, it's, I don't know. I, I I would like to. It's just clearly a weak spot for the Kings at the four position. And and Mo, I'm not saying Mo's a bad player or should be benched completely, but in the role that he's, it's not even in the role because, like I said, he's getting ten minutes. But um, it's just more glaring because Mo's in the starting lineup, and it's like ah, like we should probably get somebody else to alleviate him there. Yeah. It, it's going to be interesting to see how long and hopefully he can get back on track. And he did play very well down the stretch last year. I think it's why the Kings gave him a contract, but um, I could see a scenario where if things keep going the way they're going, and if they lose the next two or three in a row, which my God, I hope not, but um, we could Jeez. see buddy, we could see buddy get moved back into the, to the starting lineup, honestly, and, and play. Mm-hmm. They could go with uh, the three guard lineup starting or Davion Mitchell. Davion. Even. I or think Davion. Yeah. They might want to keep Buddy on the bench for his scoring. He's been so good in that role, so that actually is, mm-hmm. is a good point because Davion has been a guy that can do kind of what Mo Harkless is doing. The only thing is Mo Harkless has done a good job of defending uh, the three, the four, and even in some cases he's been down low in the post on switches and guard the five pretty well, and that's why he's playing right now. The offense is not there. I just saw he's knocking down 40% of his corner threes. Might want to keep those coming. Um, Even that needs but, to be higher, though. Like 40% is what you should be averaging all around. <laughs> for sure. For sure. But uh, I'll, I'll take a little less from him. I, I don't need to be 40% from Mo. I just, I just need him to play a good defense. And if you could just knock down 34, 35%, uh, just a little more than, than we're getting right now. But um, he's not in for his offense. I get that. But, yeah, this, the struggle has been pretty notable last game, uh, the last couple of games. Last night, he almost had a Tony Snell stat line. Mm. Where he's just running around, no field goal attempts, no. I think rebound, he had one, re- no one rebound. Yeah, he had one rebound. One rebound. So need more out of Mo. Um, I mean, yeah, 
And I'll kind of piggyback off of, of that with the guys we need more from with in my Coke machine of the week is Darren Fox. Just we need more out of him. Mm-hmm. Talk about that enough. Um, just need more out of him. Uh, I, I was thinking about between him and Buddy. Buddy's the Charlotte game. I can't, I can't give it to Buddy after that Charlotte game. Um, just need De'Aaron to play like De'Aaron Fox. And I hate to make De'Aaron a two-time recipient of the Coke machine uh, of the week, even though it's you know been two week, two recordings this season, two Coke machines. Sorry, De'Aaron. Even the last year, I think last year it was every single week he won the King of the Week. So it's a little bit of a market correction, a little bit of a market correction, <laughs> but we know what he can do. I don't need, we don't need to keep going in circles about it. We know what he can do. He's got to do it. He's got to do it. And this upcoming stretch, I think it's a good time. Good time. Some weaker opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's going to be on the attack a lot. And if Tyrese is out, that should even, give me more reason to just be more aggressive. And mm-hmm. last night, I think he was more aggressive. But um, the Kings also are going to miss Tyrese, just to kind of throw that in there. So mm-hmm. should be interesting to watch. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I thought you were going to go with Terrence Davis there, but I I like no. going going for the head. I like going it. for the head. the head of the snake. Terrence Davis played pretty well last night, I think, honestly, yeah. and then he got hurt. But uh, this season, he's been probably the most underwhelming King after how well he played in preseason for sure. But now the Kings might not have him for a week, two weeks, because <laughs> uh, last night, thirteen points, fifty percent from the field, fifty percent from three. I, I'll take that anytime from him, but um, mm-hmm. which is a bummer because maybe he was going to start getting going. He's streaky, so he is very, very streaky. So yeah, well, uh, yeah, but if he, yeah, I don't know. I I just expected so much from him coming into the season. I thought he was going to be like a ten point a game scorer off the bench and just be super solid. Um, and he's just came in and been. Nothing. I mean, he's just, like you said, he's just been super streaky. He either has it or he completely does not. And uh, I guess I probably should have expected that, but it's it's just been a little bit more uh, stark than I realized. <laughs> well, that's how streaky players are. I mean, we, we've seen Buddy. He's pretty streaky, yeah, exactly. too. Um, he's been playing very well this year. and He's on a pretty good stretch, but he's had a couple of games that are duds. And Terrence Davis is pretty similar. Last night, TD and Buddy got hot at the same time, and that was full unlocked potential for those two together. If they're both hot at the same time, mm-hmm. Kings are going to be Kings are going to win. But uh, yeah, buddy kind of fizzled out last night and TD got hurt and the rest is history. So TD need more out of him too. He can get that honorable, honorable mention, but uh, De'Aaron, it all comes back to him. The Kings are going to be successful this year. If De'Aaron Fox is, is successful. And right now he's pretty unsuccessful. Still <laughs> 18 and five, 18 and six, but, but uh, need more. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I just thought of a random game that might be might be fun to play, or we can just cut it here. Um, <laughs> if this doesn't work out, I was thinking we could do a little basketball reference game where uh, I am on basketballreference.com. For everyone who's never been, you should go. Uh, and on basketballreference.com, they always pop up with, what is this? Six, 12, 12 random NBA guys uh, who used to play in the league for any variance of time. It could be 1955. It could be 2022. Uh, well, I guess it couldn't be 2022, but it could be 2021, whatever. Alperin Shangun is one of the people that I'm looking at here. Um, I want to do a thing where we take, I'm going to list off these 12 guys and then we just like 
talk or tell a story or whatever comes to mind about one of just we just got to pick one of them. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's easier than others. Sometimes you'll get LeBron James that pops up. Sometimes you get Anthony Davis. Sometimes you'll get Sharif Abdul Rahim or something like that. Yeah. We'll have to, you know, and we'll just we'll have to we'll have to make up something. But I have a pretty I, I feel like we can get something out of this first one here. We're only going to do one, obviously. So uh, you just let me know who, who we should talk about. So we have uh, Kay Felder. I don't know if you know who Kay Felder is. He's a kind of recent player. Uh, Tom Sanders. Jalen LeCue. Marquise Daniels. John Sally. Eric Gordon. Alprin Sangoon. Ray Allen. Danny Ainge. Gar Hurd. Jacob Wiley. Or Sebastian Telfair. Oof. Sebastian Telfair. That's a sad story. <laughs> is that what you want to do? Do you want to talk about Sebastian Telfair? Oh, like what? Any, just, just like a bio? Just a note. I don't know well, don't, if, well, if well, any don't, of those if any of those names spark any. Don't you remember you know, the the documentary that came out about him when we were younger? Uh, no. About he, he was coming from Coney Island, and he was like the next big phenom guard. He was going to be the next uh, big thing. Yeah, like the, he. There was a documentary I watched, and that's why when I was a kid. I knew who Sebastian Telfer was because they did this whole documentary how it's Stefan Marbury's cousin. Yes. From New- look, it says that right here in his basketball reference. Yeah. Brother, yeah. Jamal Thomas, Jamel Thomas, cousin, Stefan Marbury. Yeah. And he's from New York. And, and that was the whole point of the documentary, how he was going to come out of high school and be this star guard. And that's why I was like a kind of a fan of his in the early portion of his career. Uh, and he played a long time. He played, I think. He did 10 seasons. I'm looking at it right now. 10 years, but I believe he is in jail now. I'd have to wow. check. I think he got in some trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he might have pulled a gun on someone, uh, which is unfortunate. That's what I'm saying. It's an unfortunate story. He currently uh, handgun arrest, uh, healthcare fraud arrest. Um, yeah, well, the case is on appeal. He was sentenced three and a half years in prison in 2019. Wow. The case is on appeal. Um that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. See, I didn't know. See, the, that's why we're doing the basketball reference game because you well, learn something new every day. Didn't know did this. You, did you hear about the healthcare fraud arrest? Who's a part of that arrest? For oh, M- that 18, one that just yeah. recently happened. Glenn Davis, Tony Allen were arrested on charges alleging they defrauded the league's health and welfare benefit plan of four million. I did hear about that. Yeah, that's that wild. Recent. How do, that was like in the last month? How do we? How do you even do that? How do you defraud healthcare? I mean, you. Do they, does, do they give you like a, like a stipend of cash like to pay for medical expenses? I, oh, yeah, I yeah. Feel, maybe. I mean, I know there's like a flexible spending account it, that you can use that like has money preloaded onto it. Maybe like they took It says submitting money. false and fraudulent claims to get reimbursed yes. for medical and dental yes. expenses that were never actually incurred. Yeah. I so did that, hear about this. Yes. And they said, I think there was two people who said that they had the same dental procedure on the same tooth on the same day. And that's how they found out. Cause they were like, Oh, it says here that Glenn Davis and Sebastian Telfair both got their left canine tooth removed on January 7th from the same doctor at the same you know, place, at the same, same place, everything. same procedure, same result. You know, so they were both successes and they both, you know, and like they just ended up all having like the same medical record. And when they audited it, audited what a, it, 
it was bad. <laughs> what a weird thing. But I, I just yeah. I remember Sebastian Telfer because of that. I can't remember what the documentary was called. Um maybe it's on here somewhere. But um yeah, it, it was See? a it was a I'm huge I'm happy with this segment because I, out of all those names Sebastian Telfair was not the one that I thought we were going to get a story out of. So through the fire, through the fire. uh, Yeah. There's a lot of people in it that were talking about he was going to be. I mean, I'm looking at, it says here on, on his basketball reference, recruiting rank in the 2004 class was number six. Yeah. Number six recruit coming out. He got drafted when he was 19 years old. He was the 13th pick uh, by Portland. Like, the dude, he came into the league and got 20 minutes a game. Yeah. Uh, didn't play well, but like there was this, this is, uh, definitely was given a shot. Yeah. And like I mean, his career, seven and a half points a game. The best year of his career was, was, uh, Minnesota 9.3 with six assists. Yeah. That's the best year of his career. Minutes, 32 he, minutes. Yep. 32 shot minutes a game. percent from the field. He got a shot. He got a shot. Um, this is a different NBA, man. When like Sebastian Telfair is getting damn near 25 minutes a game and is just shooting under four, literally never shot over, shot over 42% <laughs> once in his career. Yeah. That's. And wh- what is De'Aaron shooting right now? And we're just 30, absolutely... 37, 38%. Okay. I mean, so, so <laughs> it's pretty much De'Aaron Fox is being Sebastian Telfair. And we're De'Aaron Fox is being Sebastian Telfair. 39% for this season. Quick shout out to Stefan Marbury. Uh, he had some good Starbury. seasons at 24 points a game and seven assists. He had 17 and nine with Minnesota. Hey, he was pretty good. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's a, he's, he's, a, he's a god in China, right? He's a god over in China basketball. Oh he, yeah, he played one, two, three, four, five, like eight, nine years in China, and he left the NBA at age thirty. That's kind of crazy. I mean, yeah, it's 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 nuts. I mean, I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking at his basketball reference. He stopped at the age of thirty-one, and he was he was shot at that point. He was done at that point, and yeah just played in china from 32 to to age 40 those <laughs> but sports still players... played what 5 8 uh is these is these are these full seasons yeah i'm trying to see how many seasons he played 1 2 3 oh okay that's what it is 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 nba seasons yeah, and in China he averaged twenty points a game over eight years. So that's the man, just crazy. I mean, like, to have, I mean, to have a thirteen-year career by the time you're that doesn't make sense. No, I, I feel like I counted that wrong. Whatever. Point is that yeah, I mean that's that's absolutely insane. Like Marbury, I remember Marbury being a, a problem on the Knicks um, when I was a kid. I mean, what he moved to the Knicks in two thousand three. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that seems about right. He was on Phoenix before that. I remember he started his career in Minnesota, but he was like one of those key NBA street guys when NBA street came out. Everyone wanted to use Stefan Marbury. I, when I had the original NBA street and um, yeah, I just remember he was like the original, like he's a, he's a gunner. Like that's, I remember that was the narrative on him was just like, he's kind of like, he's not a ball mover. He, uh, 
he thinks. I mean, it was a it was a bad era of of NBA basketball where he, ISO was ISO was heavy, and he thought he was pretty much Allen Iverson. He, he took a lot of shots a game. Yeah, fifteen, eighteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. He took a, about twenty shots a game from from, yeah. from the year he came in. He took about fifteen to twenty shots a game. So and yeah. made about twenty points a game. So yeah. he was shooting twenty shots to make twenty points. And his field goal uh, percentages were bad too. I think for his career, he's a forty. I mean, forty three is not horrible for a guard. It's not great yeah. either, but it's not what you want. No, thirty two percent from three. No, but hey, shout out to uh, Sebastian Telfair and Stephon Marbury. Uh, shout out to Sebastian Telfair. Thank you so much, Frankie, for that story. That was great. Of course, um, we are. Yeah, we we've done it. We've definitely recorded a podcast here. We've gone on for we a have. minute. Um, I think we're good. We're we're probably going to come back to you guys soon. Um, maybe Thursday. Closer, yeah, maybe. I'm going to Las Vegas for a day in Vegas. So pray for me. Um, yep. So we might not record for about a week or so. We might record in a couple of days. Um, it kind of maybe Monday. On on how. Yeah, we're gonna try and record um, as soon as twice possible. Is the point. Yeah, twice a week uh, moving forward. Um, I think that's it. I can't imagine there's anything else we forgot. For nope. Frank Cardicelli, I'm Chris Watkins. Thank you all for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.